Do you want to invest in lifestyle investor deals, save more on taxes, find like-minded and highly successful people to spend time with and to learn from? Apply to join the world's most exclusive mastermind that turns everyday people into savvy investors. You'll get access to private deals that are not available to the public. These deals have been sourced by me personally and de-risked through preferred investment terms, giving you an unfair advantage that most people just don't get. To learn more and apply, visit lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash mastermind. Welcome to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. Imagine being able to earn passive income, build long-term wealth, while gaining total freedom from your business or job. That's what lifestyle investing is all about. I'm your host, Justin Donald, and in less than two years, my investments drove enough passive income for both my wife and me to quit our jobs. And now I want to show you how to do the same. I want to teach you how to create wealth without creating a job. You'll learn the exact same investment strategies I use to multiply my net worth to over eight figures all before the age of 40. If you want to learn all about low-risk cash flow investing, achieve financial freedom, and live the life you truly desire, this podcast is going to show you exactly how to do it. Dan Fleischman is a serial entrepreneur and the youngest founder of a publicly traded company in history. At 23, after selling $15 million worth of clothing in six department store chains and getting a $9.5 million licensing deal with Starter Apparel, he went on to scale his Who's Your Daddy energy drink into 55,000 retail stores. He later launched Victory Poker, which scaled to $65 million within 10 months and became a top five international poker brand. Unfortunately, poker was banned in the U.S. during that time, and overnight, the business imploded. Dan lost everything and was forced to start from scratch. While it was a tough blow, he describes it as the best thing that ever happened to him. It led him to building the largest social media influencer agency in the world, Elevator Studio, becoming an angel investor for 37 different companies, starting multiple mastermind groups, and launching an investment fund, as well as an investor syndication group, among many other accomplishments and ventures. In this episode, we dig into Dan's entrepreneurial journey and discuss the most significant lessons he learned from building and scaling multi-million dollar companies. You'll get to hear his framework for investing in startups, how he attracts investors and funds major deals by structuring unique terms, and the story of starting a modern sports card store during the pandemic that has done $18 million in sales in the first year. One more thing before we get to today's interview. Dan has a special gift for Lifestyle Investor Podcast listeners. He's giving away two of his eBooks. The first one is How to Set Up Your Personal Brand for Under $1,000, which is the ultimate blueprint to launch your personal brand. The second ebook is How to Set Up Your Business for Under $1,000, which provides essential strategies and tips you need to get started on your business idea quickly, affordably, and effectively. To get access to this gift, visit justindonald.com forward slash 99. Thanks for listening. And without further delay, my conversation with Dan Fleischman. Dan, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, we talked about having you on a little while ago, and I'm glad that it all worked out. Summers are always kind of tough. And, and you know, for those listening, this is not going to come out in the summer, but we're recording it in the summer. You've had a lot going on in your world. So uh, welcome. Yeah, there's definitely a lot going on. Yeah. So I am curious uh, how a guy like you can juggle so many things. I feel like people say to me all the time, how do you get so much done? And then I look at someone like you and I'm like, how do you get so much done? I have a, a quarterback for every company, for every investment, and for every event. And so if, I, if you see me throwing a charity event or a business event or a mastermind or a free event or anything in between, there's someone that's specifically running that thing. If you see me investing into a new company, a new project, a new deal, there's a quarterback running that specific thing. 
I don't do anything unless I have a quarterback for it because otherwise I just physically can't. Well, that's that's good business practice from the standpoint of scaling and keeping you in your zone of genius, which is great. I'd love to hear some of the early years for you. How did you become the entrepreneur that you are today? Did you always know you were going to be an entrepreneur or did that come later in life? Like, how did you figure that out? It all started early. So it's kind of like if I throw you in the pool, you got to swim or you're going to die. Yeah. I was working three jobs in high school simultaneously to save up money because we just didn't have any money. And so I saved up 43000 to go to college. But instead, I started my company. I had trademarked a catchphrase, who's your daddy, for over 300 products. At that time, mostly clothing and accessories. 18 years old, we did our first million in sales. 19 years old, we did 9.5 million in sales. Wow. And then we went, we went public when we were 23 years old to launch Energy Drink. From 23 to 27, I literally don't remember. All I did was sell, 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 sell. While we were public, I got us into 55,000 retail stores, just all of this cranberry, pineapple, and a green tea energy drink. And we did the very first like zero sugar, zero carb, zero calorie energy drink. So things went great. On the 10-year anniversary, I resigned from the company when I was 27, started when I was 17. And I want another feather in my cap. So I started an online poker site with Dan Bilzerian, DJ Steve Aoki, Playboy Playmates, and like made like the cool kids poker site. Within 10 months, we're the top five poker site in the world. And then <laughs> online poker gets shut down in America. Wah, wah, wah. So I lose a $65 million company overnight. I only had five employees. So it's a very low overhead. But I got to start from scratch. I can't sit on the floor and cry about it. And so that terrible business moment actually became the best thing that ever happened to me for the future and for a lot of other people because I started my social media agency, which is the largest social media agency on the planet. I've done 110,000 paid posts just in the last year. I started my charity. I started angel investing. I've angel invested in 37 companies now. So losing that company ended up changing everything in my world of not ever having to have all my eggs in one basket ever again. And that's my focus now. I just, I'm angel investing. I'm throwing events, doing charity stuff. So it all started from that. Well, that's interesting, Dan, because I feel like you went from the highest highs to the lowest lows. So you are the youngest founder of a publicly traded company in history, which is quite the accomplishment at 23. By the way, I was causing trouble trying to figure out my life at 23. You had a company that went public at 23. That's just unbelievable. And it sounds like you rolled the profits from that exit with that company into the online poker business where you had, like you said, all your eggs in one basket. And then that shut down overnight because there are just some things we cannot control. And this is a great case study for the value of diversification, right? Yeah. For sure. So what was it like at the highest of highs and what was it like at the lowest of lows? So at the highest of highs, you don't actually feel much different. You're so in the zone. Like that's why I said I don't remember anything from 23 to 27. We're publicly traded. I'm on CNN, Fox, everything, everybody's social media is not really a thing back then. This is remember 2005 to 2009. I got MySpace, right? <laughs> but I'm in it. I'm in the zone. Like it, the the money difference didn't change anything to me. I didn't buy stuff. I was just in it. On the poker site, that was so much fun because now social media is just getting started, right? 2009, 10, 11, social media is going crazy. I'm surrounded by people that have huge social media followings. We're on TV every day and then everything crashes. And so when you're in it, I don't necessarily know that you feel that you're like in it. You're just kind of, you're working, you're feeling it, you're growing, you're scaling. But when it crashes, things get real quiet, Mm. right? Because you stop getting all the phone calls and texts. You stop having everyone invite you everywhere. You stop hanging out with everyone because you're it's over, right? The, the party stopped, the music stopped. And so that was an interesting moment in my life. But I always say, don't sit on the floor and cry about it. Because if I, I should have, right? Just lost a $65 million company. You know, like you can, there's a justification to cry, right? To be sad and sit there. Totally. But instead, I went the opposite way. And I went hyper-focused on working again. I proactively called every media outlet. I did like 80 interviews in a week. Like I did everything from ESPN to the local guy that has 14 followers. I didn't care. I wanted everyone to hear what just happened because we were the only poker site that paid every single person back within four days. Other people took them years. Some of them never got paid back. And I was so proactive to pay everyone back that I wanted to get the story out there because I wanted the other sites to do the similar thing. And so in that moment of losing everything in the lowest of lows, 
you have to think about what you're going to do with your life. Because normally you'd wake up the next morning, you go back to work, but instead work's not there. And so in that moment, I just put on my hat and said, you know what? I'm going to do these interviews. I'm going to start consulting, start my social media agency. I'm just going to get back onto the horse and uh, go full steam ahead. Well, I love it because your business implodes. And I feel like most people would say, oh my goodness, my livelihood's over. I need to hold on to everything that I've got here versus you're actually paying everyone out, make sure they get their money back, which you have, I mean, depending on where you're located, where that business is domiciled, depending on different things, that may not be something that you have to do. I think it's the right thing to do. And I know a lot of companies did not do it. So I I think it's great that you did and that you, you know, kind of created a marketing campaign around like, hey, do right by people here. And even though it's the right thing, I'm sure and I, I know you did it because it was right. I'm sure that probably long term that benefited you with some of those relationships too, right? Yeah, I wanted to be able to sleep at night. And I wanted to be able to walk through a casino, not worry if some poker player was mad at me because they lost 40 bucks or 400 bucks or $4,000 or 40,000. And so that was a big deal for me is that it wasn't a decision. Like other sites had a decision. Although a lot of them even just like waited a year or two and made interest on the money. Cause when you've got hundreds of millions of dollars, making a couple percent interest is a lot, right? That's right. And so some of them just took their sweet time to pay people, pay people back. Other sites literally just couldn't or didn't. And they used that players' money for their own overhead or to keep for themselves and disappear. I was based in Malta. I could have done bad things. Didn't even cross my mind for one second because one, I know I'm going to get back on the saddle, right? So paying back these 41,000 players was the only choice for me. Two, I'm in this for the long run. I want to be able to do things in the future. And I, so some of these guys that didn't do that, you know, when they walk into a casino, people are literally throwing eggs at them. Like that's an actual story. Like people are throwing tomatoes at them. People are throwing sandwiches at them. Like if they try to walk into the World Series of Poker, it's not good. Wow. And so I don't want to say I foresaw that. I just foresaw the fact that one, I want to make sure everyone gets paid back because I want other sites to pay people back. And two, business is a long-term game that's all about your name. And the best thing that I did was pay everyone back really quickly because in the poker world, everyone still remembers that a decade later. That's cool. And by the way, you are a poker player. You have won many tournaments yourself. Like you are an avid player, right? Do you still play? Yeah, I played till 4 a.m. last night. Wow. (laughs) Wow. And where, so where do you play these days? Are these like local card games? Do you go to the casinos? A little bit of both? A little bit of both. Yeah, that's fun. Now, something I wanted to, bring up. I thought this was really cool. With your company that you took public, you had a licensing agreement with Starter Apparel, right? There's a big licensing agreement, I think almost a $10 million licensing agreement. And what's so cool about that is as a kid, I remember buying starter hats. The only hats I would buy were starter hats. And I had a collection of them. I would go and I mean... I just loved these starter hats. Nothing fit me the same way. Nothing looked as nice. They were just in a league of their own. Yeah, Starter was a great company for us. So they paid $9.5 million over three years just for the UK. Wow. And the best part about the deal was, besides the money helped us because they were quarterly, quarterly royalties, was we got to use full rights for whatever they designed. And so they were making jeans and shoes and all these things that I could never make. That was like... You needed guys that were getting a quarter million a year salaries to design shoes. Those are like super high level. Shoes are really hard. So like I got to utilize their shoes and their jeans and their shorts and their jackets, things I never would have made. That saved me so much money, but also gave me so much expertise because it's coming from the starter apparel executive that had been there for 14 years is now not working for me, but kind of working for me because I'm getting to use all their designs. That's cool. Yeah, that's a neat experience. And, and having that international bend to what you were able to figure out in your younger years. I mean, you're well-traveled. So it's, it's cool that you have been able to experience like international, you know, business on an international level, right? Yep. There's so many uh, positives to that. And then as, a, you know, as an influencer and having the agency of the most influencers, you're going to have them all across the globe. So I think it's just good to have that international focus. Absolutely. So give me an idea, like why do people search out your agency 
to partner with and to work with? What, what is your differentiating factor? You said you're the largest, but why? What, what is it that makes you guys so great? Sure. So we're not largest by staff. There's a lot of companies that are much larger. We're largest by execution and the amount of influencers. So we paid, we W9 over 3,500 influencers in last year. There are lots of agencies that say, oh, we've got over 100,000 influencers. Well, they're on an app that you don't have their phone number, you don't know them. I physically have the W9s, like they filled out forms and they have their driver's license. Like I paid them their bank accounts, like 3,500 influencers of all sizes, from the Kardashians to the local fitness and beauty influencer. And so from a brand perspective, knowing that we've done eight years of some of the biggest campaigns, some of the most prolific brands, um, we're the only agency of record for Oracle, BET Television. These are humongous corporations and to trust us for years. It's not a one year. I've been with them for three, four or five years each is why people come to us. I don't solicit clients because I don't really take on much clients. The last couple of years, we've said no to most clients unless they're medium to large brands, specifically large brands. And I recommend to other people, hey, use this agency or use that agency. I'll send off referrals all the time to other agencies that are small, medium, and large, simply because our agency is really focused on mass branding scale. And so it's mostly from referrals. It's because when I'm out there on stages or speaking or even here on the podcast, I'm not saying, hey, come work with Elevator Studio. I'm not looking for clients. It's really meant for brands that fit us or that I can invest into or take equity in or trade for more than getting a client that spends a couple hundred thousand or a couple million. Yeah. And so to take that a step further, you have advised companies, you invest in companies. A lot of these probably came originally from this, this network, you know, your influencers, you're, you're getting deal flow, but uh, you've got your own company called Elevator Studios. I'd love to hear you kind of share some thoughts about that. Yep. So the agency is interesting. So we make money from people spending budgets, right? They'll say, here's 25 grand, 100 grand, a million, whatever the budget is. And we make 20% of the ad spend. So that's the basic cash of the business, how it works. So you can do the math that we've spent 60 million bucks. You can do the math on the 20%, right? What's more interesting and more important is that we'll take equity in certain projects as trade, or we'll invest to buy extra equity into a brand that we know is working. So, so let's say someone's spending 100K a month with us, then they increase to 200K. Well, we know that it's working. We know that it's growing and we know we're helping with that business. We might go to them and say, hey, let us invest 500K or a million bucks. Or instead of paying us 200K the next three months, we'll do it for free and trade us 600,000 equity. We'll do different types of unique deals like that because the equity is the real play. Agencies, on average, only sell at a 1X multiple. And so I'm never planning on selling Elevator Studio. It's just not going to happen. Even if you offer me 2 or 3X, I'm not going to sell it because it's who I am. It's my business. It's my passion. And I have Elevator Nights, Elevator Syndicate, Elevator Rolling Fund. Elevator is who I am. It's my whole world. And so I'm not going to sell it. But I'm also not going to get a good multiple if I wanted to sell it. So for me, taking equity in companies is way better because if I get 1% here, 5% here, 10 or 20% of a smaller business or 50% of like a pure brand new startup, I have a real shot at glory, right? And I can help with the success to make sure that it works out more often than not, simply because it's part of our world. Yeah, that's one of the things I love to do when I invest in a company is if they can give me influence, control, just having some expertise in a certain space, it de-risks the deal because I know how to help move them along. I know how to connect them. I know how to help them scale in certain niches or in certain genres. And so I feel like you have that going for you where it's like, well, hey, this company, we're just going to have them pay us. We're not going to do any engagement of equity or whatever. But this one over here, they're doing stuff. I have the social clout or the experiential know-how where I can protect my investment. And, and in your case, sometimes you know it's a trade, but sometimes you're putting your own cash into it if you want to double up. Uh, and it, it's nice to have that the abilities, the one plus one equals three type of experience, right? I'll only invest into a company that I can help. Yeah, that's good. I don't take on deals that I can't help. Even if it's like really good money, like this company's in the medical field and they're doing heart, blah, blah, blah. I, I can't help your heart surgery company. If you're making mm-hmm. t-shirts that have hearts on them, I'm in. So I can sell lots of t-shirts with hearts on them. But God bless you if you're doing heart surgeries. I thank you for your service, but I, I can't help you and I really won't invest. I, like, doesn't matter how good the deal is. I can't help you. 
Yeah. So elevators kind of like the, you know, the parent company, and then it's broken down into these different other companies, right? So you got elevator studios, you've done these events called elevator nights, you know, which are are big events that you host for entrepreneurs. You've got your elevator rolling fund, uh, which is, you know, just deals that you're kind of scooping up based on the fund that you've created. And then you've got your one-offs, which would be your elevator syndicates. So instead of investing in a fund with multiple companies, you're investing in a single deal through a syndication that you're putting together via AngelList, right? Right. Yep. And so why have you, I guess, gone the route of doing all the syndicates, doing the fund? Why AngelList? I'd love to hear your your thought process because you and I, we've kind of worked on a handful of things here together. And uh, we've looked at some deals that each, each other are doing. And We've kind of walked through, you know, you showed me kind of the platform and the way that you built things out on AngelList, which I thought was brilliant. So I'd love for you to share with uh, my audience just some of why you're moving in this direction. So I did 37 angel investments personally, and 11 of them through Elevator Studio. And I didn't reach out to friends very often. So for the most part, I didn't syndicate or bring in friends to the deals. Towards the last, like, number 34, 35, 36, 37... Friends kept wanting to jump in because they keep seeing me post about this brand and that brand, this business and that chain and this, et cetera. And so I was syndicating kind of, whereas more like I would get Justin and Eric and like, hey, why don't you guys invest in this thing? And I'll introduce you directly to the founder. Wasn't exactly syndication. It was like some friends of mine would invest directly into the companies knowing that I was investing. I then talked to AngelList about the, the rolling fund because I've always wanted to have a hedge fund. Everybody always told me I should have a hedge fund, except they're hard. You know, it takes one to two years to put together legal paperwork wise and to do like a full, what's called a roadshow where you go pitch all the investors all over the country or international. And then once you, they commit to you, let's say you're raising a $50 million fund and Justin says, I'll put in 5 million. Eric's like, I'll put in 2 million. I then have to go back to you and circle back in a year from now and say, okay, now I'm ready to take the money. So you have to almost do two roadshows, two pitches. It's not really the thing I wanted to do, but with the rolling fund, it allows me and allows investors to invest quarterly a smaller amount of money and they can raise it or lower it at any time after the first year. So let's say Justin's like, you know what, I'll throw in 200K into your fund, elevated rolling fund. He's just going to send $50,000 a quarter. And then in a year or two from now, he's like, you know what, let's increase it to 200K a quarter. And he's like, you know what, I'm going to buy a house. Let's go down to 50K a quarter again. Like he can adjust it. With a hedge fund, if he says 5 million bucks, it's 5 million bucks and he's got to wire me 5 million bucks, right? It's a big, Difference and a different type of commitment. And so the elevator rolling fund was a good fit for me and my style. And it's a good fit for anyone out there that's an entrepreneur that knows how to raise capital. It's really meant for a solo entrepreneur. So let's say Justin wants to go raise one or two million bucks. He doesn't have to. He can raise 25K, 50K, 100K, 300K, 200K at a time, anytime throughout the year. And it's just kind of rolling. That's why it's called the rolling fund. So I like that a lot. And that made it easy for me to be able to invest in deals. We've done over a dozen investments there. And then the elevator syndicate is to syndicate deals. That's also done through AngelList. I use AngelList because they're the biggest, they're a multi-billion dollar company. They're fast, they're efficient. They take care of legal and accounting and K-1s and wire transfers and documents. Like They're fantastic. And so the syndicate is now I can go out to my friends and say, hey, I'm investing into this water company or this restaurant, et cetera. Would you like to invest? Yes or no? I have 846 members of my syndicate now. And so I can now text them and email them like, hey, do you want to invest in this beverage? They can throw in 25K, 50K, 100K. If they say yes, they're going to get wire info. If they say no or say nothing, they don't hear from me again about that deal. And so I made it frictionless. If nobody wants, let's say I text Justin about four deals. He doesn't respond once. No problem. Deal number five, he wants to throw in 100K. Great. I'll send you the wiring info. That's it's literally that simple. And so the whole passion for me is, we are now investing three to six million dollars a month in the deals. We've done 36 million in total just this year, funding companies within two weeks. Where it normally takes a, an entrepreneur six to 12 months, we're now funding a company in a couple of weeks. And so, emotionally, I like it because it's fast and effective. It's easy for my friends to invest and my followers to invest and my syndicate members to invest. And from an entrepreneur perspective, they can get money in a couple of weeks instead of taking six to 12 months. I just wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a special offer that I created for the lifestyle investor community. 
When I look back at my investing journey, there's one specific investment in particular that was the spark to increasing my net worth and allowing me to leave my job to become a lifestyle investor. I'm talking about mobile home parks. Yes, mobile home parks. If you just cringed a little, that's exactly why these provide such a great opportunity because of the negative stigma and stereotype people might have. In reality, this is an incredible investment that you can get into with little or no money down. You can also quickly get a return on your capital. You can immediately cash flow on day one. You can hold it forever as a cash cow. You get accelerated depreciation to reduce or eliminate the taxes that you would owe. And often, the seller will finance the deal so you don't need a bank. You can also buy them at the highest cap rate of all real estate, meaning it's the cheapest real estate to buy based on the income that it generates. And it's the lowest default rate of all real estate, meaning it's the safest asset class to own in real estate. I use this asset class to start my journey in real estate investing and grow my net worth to over eight figures all before I turned 40. And out of all the questions that people ask me, how do I get into mobile home parks is still the number one question that I get, which is why I put together this mobile home park masterclass. This is a paid class that I'm offering for a limited time only. For all the details, head over to justindonald.com forward slash M-H-P, and watch the video which outlines all the details about the class and exactly what you get when you sign up. You'll also hear the incredible success stories from students who have gone through my content and are now making hundreds of thousands of dollars in passive income. If you want to take the same first step that I did that helped me take both my wife and I from working full-time jobs to becoming lifestyle investors, Join me in my mobile home park masterclass and let's get started on your journey to becoming a lifestyle investor. Visit justindonald.com forward slash MHP for all the details. Yeah, that's a huge value add to the entrepreneurs, to the business that typically needs money ASAP. Hopefully, the businesses are at a point where they are kind of forecasting, hey, we're going to need to, you know, we're, we're running out of our burns high enough that we've got X amount of months or we're running out here in five months, six months, 12 months, and that you can proactively do it. But the nature of entrepreneurs is they often don't have that in place. They don't have a CFO. They don't know that's happening and they need money ASAP. Uh, and so that that's great. So what type of track record? I know, you know, it's it's hard for it to if you have just invested this year, I mean, these are generally going to be longer deals. Have you had any go full cycle yet? If not, or any close? Uh, I'm curious what that looks like because on the angel investment side of things, you've got the highest return profile, but you also have the highest risk profile. Uh, so I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on how you uh, a kind of de-risk a deal, b how you use your expertise and superpowers to find deals that are better for you and your community, ones that you can help, and then see, obviously, uh, have any gone full circle yet. Yep. So the main ways we de-risk is we only invest in companies that are already doing 2 to $20 million in sales. And so that $2 million is our low mark because that's when businesses kind of like figured it out. You know, They got through the system, the processes. We know that enough people care to spend a couple million bucks with them. So it de-risks us a lot. Uh, compared to a pure startup that's just a great idea or great founders or a great celebrity or influencer running the business. It's way different no matter how famous they are on $0 in sales versus $2 million in sales. It's two different worlds. And so we de-risk a lot by that. We de-risk it because we're bringing in a bunch of strategic investors, a bunch of Justins to come in to invest to help the business. And so, yeah, we've had some full circle. Uh, one's called SneakerCon. SneakerCon is a traveling festival. It gets twelve to 18,000 people per event. This really small company called eBay just acquired it in December, which was great. And that was a that's awesome. That was a quick turnaround because the business had already been around for nine years when we when I came in. But then a year later, because I came in so late, a year later, boom, eBay comes and acquires one side of the business. Then we sold a company called Dollar Beard Club, so monthly box for beards. That was also in December, actually in the same week. And then Everbowl just had a big financial transaction a few weeks ago. So I had helped raise $5 million, plus I invested on top of it, plus I bought a chunk of 23 stores. And then Drew Brees threw in $2 million, and then he bought 85 stores, and a lot of stuff happened with Everbolts and Acai Bowl chain. But then 
just recently just took in an eight-figure round and is really going for it now. We'll be announcing it shortly, but it's uh, it's all happened now officially. And so there's been some cool ones like that. And then within the rolling fund, our very first investment just got its next round at a 700% higher valuation. Wow. And a much bigger round too. And so that's an education company that they set up the education for Elon Musk for his kids. And so they use that exact same pro- profile for Elon that they did for his kids to teach children more like interesting art, design, science type uh, learning from home. That company now just got 700% higher valuation, big financing round. Anthony Pompliano at, at Pomp. He's the one that helped lead that whole round and brought me in. And it's just been great to see. That's awesome. Well, it's neat that you're getting so many exits. Obviously, your criteria helps where you're, you know, two to 20 million so that they're a more proven. They're not trying to prove market fit. It, they fit, it works. But a lot of the time in angel deals, you know, these, you don't know if you did well or didn't do well. You're crossing your fingers. Uh, I mean, you may not know anything for 10, 15, 20 years. You may not even know that you lost money for 20 years, right? <laughs> uh, so it's cool, you know, when you have a criteria, and I talk all the time about having an investor criteria. And I think when you have that, it just makes you smarter. And then you're less uh, impulsive, less emotionally making decisions versus logically from a good point in time when you laid out exactly what it was that you needed to see before you could invest. Yeah. So uh, something else that I thought was really cool that you're doing is these stores that you're opening. You've got an online store for like cards, collectible cards, right? Uh, And I'm not sure if it's just cards, if there's memorabilia, but I think you just opened your fourth location and you've got your online location. I'd love to hear more about that because this one's taken off for you. Yep. So this was fun. So Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V is the one that named it. It's called Cards and Coffee. And it was just in a group chat where we talk about sports cards with me and a bunch of people that Gary and I started a couple of years ago. And he's like, you know what? Someone should start like the Apple of sports cards, like the Netflix of sports cards, like super cool, modern, because all most sports card stores are old school, like 20, 30 years old style. And it was, you know, middle of COVID, my office is closed. My employees are all working remote. I was like, I'll do it. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, Dan, I'll do it. And that's it. It's kind of like when you're with your buddies at the bar, like having a beer. It's like, you know what? One day we show up in a sports card store. And then nothing ever happens, right? You're sitting with the same buddies six years later saying, one day we show up in a sports car store. Well, I was bored. I did it. And so I opened up here in Hollywood Boulevard uh, with DJ Steve Aoki and DJ Ski as my co-founders. So I put up the money. I started with 1.6 million, just self-financed it and said, you know what? I'm going to open a sports car store in October 2020 when LA is shut down. Okay. So we ended up doing a, a million bucks in like the first eight, nine weeks. I'm like, okay, this is working. People like it. This is fun. Then we started doing a million a month. Then we started doing 1.4 million a month. I was like, wait a minute. This is interesting. Then we opened up a store in Salt Lake City. Then on month eight, we're at $10 million in sales. I was like, okay. <laughs> well, now this isn't a hobby or fun little project just to make Gary proud of me. Like right now, this is something that's like, we're going for it. So I do a, a small round. I raise $4 million, but I do a 100K cap. So no one, no matter how rich they are, can put in more than 100K. Except for Ed Milet, because it's Ed Milet. <laughs> I let him be more. <laughs> but everybody else, there's a lot of zillionaires in there. I only let do 100K each. And I wanted that because I wanted strategic investors involved in this business. And it wasn't about the 4 million. It was about the people. So it was like the owner of Forever 21 and the guy that owns 6 million square feet in New York and sports team owners and executives and Post Malone's management. You know, like all these interesting characters were the investors. And then that's when it became scale time. And so our first year, we did 18 million sales. Now I just acquired uh, a company called Rizzo Sports who had done millions and millions of dollars in sales. And they have their own multiple stores, but they also have online operations like we do. Great brand, been in the game for decades. So I, I bought a big chunk of them. And so now we just opened our sixth store. And I'm literally like, right before I got on this podcast, was working on a lease for our seventh store. And then I'm going for eight and nine. So I'm trying to get to nine this year. And then next year, who knows what will happen, how many we'll get. Um, my goal is to have nine this year. I want to add Calabasas. I want to add Boca Raton. And I, want to, I am adding Dubai in December. And so it's sports cards and Pokemon. It's football, baseball, basketball, wrestling, F1, UFC, Pokemon, Magic the Gathering. So we're the first true national chain store. So we're at six now, but we'll be, you know, I'll feel better saying national chain once we get to 
over 10 locations. And then we're the only true 24-hour-a-day live operation. It's called Live Breaking. So it's like QVC, but for cards. So that's on thecoffeebreakers.com or Instagram is thecoffeebreakers. And you can see 24 hours a day, you want to buy football, baseball, basketball, wrestling, whatever, we're selling it. And that becomes twofold. One, retail chain. So people feel comfortable that we're a big chain. They can come see us in person. Two, we're on 24 hours a day where most people are working out of their apartment for four or five hours. We're live from retail stores 24 hours a day. And that to me is my true passion project. So for the most part, I only invest in the companies. I don't start anything new. This one I started as my baby. It's my passion. That's awesome. And, and by the way, you had a passion in collecting baseball cards and different types of sports cards, right? Yes. Yeah, that's cool. So wh- what type of a collection do you have today? Not, not your store, you personally. I don't have a single card anymore. I put every single thing into the store okay. because I know myself. Like, <laughs> I can't buy one Kobe Bryant car. I want to buy 30 of them, right? I can't buy one Michael Jordan. I want them all. So what I did was I swore to myself that I wouldn't buy any cards for myself until after the exit. And also it, it removes any wonder of like, Dan, why'd you buy that card for yourself? Not for the store. Mm, right. That's good. I didn't have investors to begin with, but once I had investors that made even more sense, like why did Dan buy that collection personally or buy that famous card personally when he could have bought it for the store? That doesn't happen with me. It's not an option. I don't have a 10 cent card, let alone a $10 million card. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I'm excited about that. You know, it's interesting, you know, as a kid, I collected all kinds of stuff. And one of my favorites was actually the Marvel comic cards. Uh, I just love those. I never got into comics, but I got into the comic cards because one of my buddies when I was young, when I was in elementary school, had them, was collecting them. So I actually have a pretty big collection of that still. And of course, my baseball, basketball, football cards. So yeah, that's awesome. I, I love that. And I love just fresh ideas, you know, going in a path. I don't think anyone before you did this would say, yeah, that's a great business. We should start a national chain for sports cards. You know? Yeah. That's the beauty of it. When you have this idea and it lands, uh, it's just incredible. So, you know, long term, do you think this is something where, you know, most major cities are going to have one or is, is the goal not full scale? So there are a few hundred stores that are out there in the mainstream cities, but they're mostly old school stores. So I don't think I'll be in every city simply because of staffing. This is not like my acai bowl chain where I can hire high school and college kids. It doesn't take rocket science to make an acai bowl. It just takes a smile and you know you have to have fun with it. In sports cards, you got to know a lot, a lot, a lot. And so I'm only opening in sittings that I have a quarterback or someone that can run that operation for me. And I got to trust them, right? They've got 500,000, a million bucks, 2 million bucks worth of cardboard in glass cases. So I have to be able to trust them to, to manage the operation, trust them to want to work morning, noon, and night. It's not a six hours a day type business. This is a morning, noon, and night type operation because there's thousands of cards coming in and out of the store. And they got to really know their stuff. And so I'm only opening in cities that I know people can be there to operate it. So I don't know how many stores I'll end up with. My guess realistically is in the 10 to 20 range of enough people that I know that are really good and I trust. And then, uh, you know, I might acquire some other stores like I acquired the two in Riverside because that's a great operator. I trust Rizzo Sports. They've been around for years and years. That's a great business. But there's not that many of them out there for me to go acquire. So I don't know how many I'll have. I do know that a lot of people are copying me, which is fantastic, which I want, by the way. I'm not saying it like in an egotistic way. They're making good versions of stores all over the place, even right next to me in Los Angeles. There's multiple stores that just popped up in the last few months. And so I like the fact that the business is coming out there. And I want people to go out there and replicate because this is a a fun industry. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm excited about that. You know, you did a deal recently that I got involved in that I'm really excited about. And it was the Black Site Ranch that you bought. Uh, I'd love to have you share a little bit about this and even about some of the terms of the deal because... I love when you can invest in a deal where as the investor, you get utility from that investment. And so this was kind of a no-brainer for me, but uh, I'd love to hear you you share this with uh, my audience. Yep. So last year, I did an event called Operation Black Site with a guy named Bedros Koulian. Bedros owns hundreds and hundreds of gyms called Fit Body Bootcamps. And he does these events 
one called the project where it's like really intense for 75 hours of military training, like Navy SEAL training. And he does one for kids called the Squire program. So it's like high school, high school kids with their parents that go through a one day version of this. And so I was like, you know what? I want to do Operation Black Site. I'm going to bring in UFC champions like Michael Chandler and Tim Kennedy. And then the guy, Robert O'Neill, who shot Bin Laden in the face, that guy's going to come out here and teach us and train us. I'm going to bring in FBI experts and bring in, we're going to do fight training, military training, shooting training, and mental training for three days. So that was Operation Black Site. Boom, we did our event. It was super fun. Then at the same time, I've been wanting to get a ranch. My wife's obsessed with animals and you know saving the animals. And so it has been my passion project to try to find a ranch, but it's been almost two years trying to find a ranch. And they, you know, a couple of them fell out of escrow because the buyers changed their mind. They wanted to raise the price at the last minute. Went through a lot of interesting things in this real estate market where I had it locked in for four million and they wanted four point six, like the week of you know, closing. Had another one for five seven five point seven, they wanted six point two in the literally the last three days of closing when it was already done. And so I kept searching and searching and I finally found like the one. It was actually the very first one I ever wanted is the one that we got. And so the concept was I was going to raise capital to help improve on this property. So the ranch, obviously I'm going to live there with my wife and have animals there. But with Pedros, we're going to build Operation Black Site on the ranch. So Black Site Ranch. And you can come there and get military training for a couple days straight. And there's also Airbnbs on property and it's near... Uh, Pachanga Casino. So lots of people could stay at the casino because it's you know billion dollar casino down the street. So you're in Temecula, California, which is also yep. a nice location, the wine country out there. Exactly. Yep. And this ranch is massive because you can yep. have all these different operations going on in the same land, just you know, four massive different events that could be had at the same time, right? Yep. So we're gonna build a thousand person mega barn so we can host large scale events, business events, entrepreneur events, comedy shows, etc. We're building a 300 person wedding venue. There's already a flat space there overlooking all of Temecula for outdoor venue plus indoor right in the same plot of land up there. I'm going to build an American Ninja Warrior course. That's cool. So so fun. So fun. Military obstacle course, football field, a basketball court, racquetball, pickleball, all the different sports you could do. So it's a fun place to be. Plus, there's a bunch of animals there. The most famous influencer for animal space, his name is The Real Tarzan. He's got hundreds of millions of views about his animal rescues and his passion. He's actually moving there to help set up shop. Wow. To build out the whole animal experience. So you got a guy with 6.6 million followers that are going to live on property to help me set up what's called the wild jungle, W-Y-L-D. So why did we raise capital and how did we do it? So I wanted to raise capital because this is something that I'm going to be doing forever. I wanted to really fast forward how much I'm building on this space. And although I could self-finance it, I'm normally and typically an investor into private equity deals and projects. And so I want to keep a lot of my capital to keep investing into those type of deals. I'm still spending millions of dollars on the property, but I wasn't going to go spend $8 million on the property personally, right? So we did a financing round for $8 million, paying 9% interest per year, but we gave people three different options. So we call it a 789. And a guy named Kent Clothier is the one that is the one that kind of popularized it. He raised $40 million between two funds on the same exact structure with the same exact paperwork. So 789 means you could choose, and as an investor, let's say it's Justin. I want to invest for one year and make 7% for that year. Or Justin can say, I want to do it for two years and make 8% a year for two years. Or I'll lock in for all three years and make 9% a year for all three years. At the end of that term, whether it's one year, two year, three year, Justin's going to get a balloon payment of his entire initial investment. But he made monthly interest. He was receiving monthly interest the entire time. So let's say he did, let's just use $100,000. He's making $9,000 a year for three years but he's getting them in $800 a month checks every single month for the whole three years. So he's getting that $9,000 a year, makes more, a little more than $27,000 because it compounds a bit, and then boom, gets his entire $100,000 back at the end of the term. The perks on top of that is, now Justin can not only go himself to the ranch and experience it whenever he wants to, he can send family, he can send friends. If he needs to send employees there for a retreat, if he wants to rent out the barn to throw an event, he's now going to get those fees waived. And so where we're normally charging for this venue or that experience or this thing or that thing, Justin doesn't pay that. And so he's making interest on his money, has access to this really cool ranch, not just for himself, but now he can utilize it for his friends, family, and staff. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I just love that perk. By the way, uh, we got to be careful because you just told all my friends who may be listening <laughs> that they have a chance to be able to go here. Uh, but in all seriousness, like I, I'm excited to send people there. The property is gorgeous. I'm excited to go experience it with my family. Yep. And I think it would be cool to do some of these trainings and moreover than anything to have utility of the property into perpetuity. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm really excited. So that to me is, is more important than the return itself, though. I don't want to lose money and I like getting a return. I love when I can actually gain more than just the monetary reward of an investment. Absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. So you've got a couple of masterminds. It's funny. Sometimes people will say to me, Hey, you're, you've got a very high ticket, high price mastermind. And I say, yeah, it's to attract a certain person. And when they're right fit, then they'll generally kind of just fall into place. And if they're not, they'll kind of weed themselves out. They're not ready yet. And so it's funny because your mastermind, your flagship mastermind, the 100 million mastermind uh, is 100,000 a year. So I'd love to hear, you know, you just kind of share some thoughts on that mastermind. I met you through my friend, uh, Eric Van Horn. That's how we originally connected, who was part of that mastermind, along with several of my friends. I probably have like 20 friends that have been part of it. I know you cap how many are in it. And then you've got your, your lower ticket one, which is the Avengers. Uh, where you do a lot of these, I guess, the deals that you talked about earlier with some of the angelist deals, some real estate, some different things. I know you're looking to open that up to to different things, but talk about the 100 million mastermind because I know that's kind of experiential. Yep. So the concept was I was speaking at a lot of other masterminds and I was watching what people liked and didn't like, what they cared about, what they didn't care about so much. And I wanted to make the most high-end mastermind on the planet. There's only 100 people cap. And I wanted to be mostly for people that are doing 10 million or more in sales in their business, or they've had an exit. So 10 million is kind of like the main number. And most of them are in that 10 to 15 million range from the membership. Some of our members are doing a couple hundred million in sales. And then I wanted to bring in instructors that are not just based about me. So I brought on 22 different instructors that have all done either done over hundred million sales, been seen by over hundred million people, or spent over hundred million on ads. So that's how the name hundred million mastermind experience came from. The reason I added the word experience, so it's 100 million mastermind experience, was the experience is how people create memories. And so if Justin and I are at an event together at the Marriott Ballroom, it's very different if Justin and I were at the same exact event at a mansion or at Dallas Cowboys Stadium or Shaquille O'Neal is up on stage. You know, like I wanted to create experiences and that was the concept behind it. And so I started bringing in celebrities and athletes and people I wanted to interview so that people could hear what does Mark Wahlberg think about this? What does Floyd Mayweather think? What does Hulk Hogan think? Chris Jenner, all sorts of interesting characters. What are their thoughts about investments? What are their thoughts about their careers or personal brand? Last, we just had Charlie Sheen. This is not a typical person you interview, right? But I want people to get different types of dynamics of different types of characters from business moguls, celebrities, and athletes. And then the Avengers is very similar, except it's a larger format. We have 174 members and growing. That can go up to two, 300 members because we can do large scale venues, unlike 100 million mastermind, where we're doing like mansions and smaller venues. That's like a wedding every time. Every, you know, I got to plan out five different wedding dinners, basically, if you think about it. So I need smaller venues. The Avengers is half real estate and half investing. So half the people are learning about real estate and half the people are there to learn about investing in deals. Now that's a lot more large scale mastermind. And then I have Elevator Nights, which is free. I've thrown that 48 times, totally free. There's 300 to 1,000 entrepreneurs at each event. There's no cost. There's no sponsorship. There's no tickets. There's no sales from stage, nothing. It's just my like Robin Hood. Like I like to give back and it causes a lot of community in each city that I go to. It's my excuse to rally the troops and let people network in those cities. I love it. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. You know, it's funny. I, I have people on my show and I always want them to share all their stuff. And I've got friends that are like, why are you letting them share their mastermind? They've got, you know, a, a competitor, you know, they're a competitor. It's a competing mastermind, right? But I look at it as like, we, we all help each other out. Like the whole idea of a mastermind, I think everyone should do it. Everyone should find a group or a community. Like you could form your own and you could do that a lot cheaper. So if that's, you know, if it's a financial uh, constraint that you have, then find your own and make sure you find people that are super disciplined and people that play the game of life and business and learning and education and leadership at a higher level than you and do that. But 
for most people, they're not going to do that or they're not going to find the people. And it's just easier to show up to someone else's event where they can mix and mingle and learn and get access to different deals. And I just think everyone should have a tribe or a community of like-minded people that they can learn and grow with and experience life with. So I love what you're doing. I think it's so cool. Where can my audience learn more about you? Where can we go to find you? So all my social media is the same. It's just at Dan Fleischman. And it's also important for you guys that are listening. Your bio should be the same. Your screen name should be the same. Your photo should be the same across all platforms. So that kind of like that game memory. Oh, there's the girl with the blue shirt and glasses. You want to be the blue shirt and glasses on every single profile so people remember. That's good. I like that. Well, I know we'll have people come check you out. One thing I'd love to say is just for anyone that that really wants to learn the lifestyle investor skills and strategies, apply to the world's most exclusive mastermind of savvy investors looking to upgrade their lives, take control of their time and build their wealth and find invisible deals that you cannot find anywhere else that are de-risked, that are set up in a way where you win going into the deal. So check that out at lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash mastermind. And I like to end my show with the same question. And that is this, what is one step that you can take today towards financial freedom and towards a life by design, not by default, but one that is inspiring and exciting. And it's one on your terms. Thanks, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. You can also leave an honest rating and review over on iTunes. Not only do I read every single one, but it also helps me understand what content matters the most to our audience. And if you can think of one or two people who would benefit from this episode, would you mind sharing it with them right now? Who knows? Maybe they'll buy you something nice when they make their first million. If you would like access to today's show notes, including links to all resources mentioned, visit www.lifestyleinvestor.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next week for another episode of The Lifestyle Investor. This podcast is being made available exclusively to financially sophisticated, high net worth individuals capable of evaluating the merits and risks of investments. The material presented in this podcast is not intended to be investment advice or to recommend the purchase or sale of any security, nor is it intended to be legal, accounting, or tax advice. You should consult with your legal, tax, or financial advisor in connection with any material discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative nor a guarantee of future results. Certain materials discussed on this podcast may have been prepared by third parties, which have been obtained from sources that we believe to be accurate and current. However, we make no representation or warranty as to the accuracy, completeness, or currency of such materials.